Welcome in, everyone, to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. My name is Josh Peach, joined alongside Brennan Jones. Uh, before we get into the big news of the day, though, we have to address the tragic Illini sports news that happened earlier this afternoon. Bobby Roundtree, a former Illinois star football player who suffered a serious spinal cord injury during a boating accident in Tampa in 2019, tragically passed away today. He lost his long battle and he was one of the hardest workers on the team always you know came back to see the team everyone loved him he wore the number 97 he was a defensive end and the number 97 will never you know have the same meaning again in Illini sports so you know our condolences to the Illini football team of course Bobby's family and friends and everyone that is surrounding him yeah that that sucks um I remember when I think it was, it happened after his accident happened after my freshman year. Um, And he was probably the best defender on that team at the point. And it was just so tragic when it happened. Like, no, uh, that freak type, freak type of accident. You just never, you know, expect that, especially when a guy who's so talented, who is so young and who everybody only has good things to say about it. It's, it sucked that that's happened to him. And um, obviously the news today that, you know, he passed. It's, it's weird. It's like, you know, you, you don't know these guys personally, or at least most of them, obviously like, you know, some football players, but uh, personally, you don't know a lot of these guys. And like, it, it just feels like it's also a shot to the whole university community. Um, even though he hasn't played on the team in two years, it just like, you know, it, I don't know tough situation, just really tough situation. And all we can really do is send our positive, you know, uh, you know, energy and, and good prayers and, and stuff to his family um, and just hope that they're, you know, finding some sort of peace. Um, but yeah, like you said, he, he worked, you know, so hard on the field. And then after his accident, he worked so hard to, you know, um, work through his injury. And obviously, you know, that's just these types of things sometimes end up like this. And it's, it's just so sad to see. Um, yeah. Very tough to, to wake up to. Yeah, and obviously he, you know, went back to the team continuously. He was even available for the media to talk to. He would, you know, work out alongside the team. Like, I would say he was much a part of the team this past yeah. year as almost anyone. Like, he for really sure. was there. They were posting about him all the time. They needed his energy when they were on the field. Like, they credited him after their wins against Rutgers in Nebraska. They credited him before their final game against Penn State. Like, the the amount that he contributed to the team, even while he was in a wheelchair, not walking, not yeah. even – directly a part of the team was just insane so really just goes to show the type of person he was yeah it'll be super interesting to see like how the team honors him this year I know they did they wear the 97 on their jerseys they did something this past year um I kind of forget uh to honor him but it'll be interesting to see how they continue to honor his legacy because obviously like you said um was amazing on the field but even after his accident he was some person that just you know, radiated the energy that you want to keep around, you know, your football program. And um, he was a big part of the team, even though he wasn't playing. And you can see that in how everybody is posting about him right now, how everybody's sharing their memories with him. And um, it just sucks. It's just one of those, you know, situations that, you know, it. some things there's just no answer for. And, you know, that's just life. But, you know, you, you just hope that the people who matter most to him, you know, find peace after this. Exactly. All positive energy towards Bobby. But that For sure. will take us into more news we had today. This one obviously on the better side. So after months of emotion and 
roller coaster of emotion and all this drama. Kofi Coburn, Illinois star big man, first team, all big 10, second team, all American from 2020, 2021 has announced he's coming back. Jeez, Brendan, that's this seemed like the longest couple months ever. We're hearing that. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? (laughs) He, at first he says he's going to the NBA draft and he says multiple times he is not coming back to Champaign. He tells reporters specifically like, thank you for everything, Illinois, then I'm done. Then a couple of weeks ago, he, he's like, oh, I might stay in the draft, but if I withdraw, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in the transfer portal. Well, of course, the Kentucky rumors begin. A couple of days later, he withdraws from the NBA draft. Kentucky seems like the favorite. Now, that's kind of how it seemed up until a couple of days ago. And then all For of sure. a sudden, Kentucky sports writers leak, hey, looks like we're not going to get this guy. Yeah. And then, you know, Illinois starts to feel good. And then it became official today, right after five o'clock, that Kofi is back for another year in Champaign. Yeah, it was cool. I was driving. I'm in Champaign right now, um, coming back to move out for the weekend. And I was driving and I saw the text from Josh. We'd been trying to plan this podcast for the last week, whenever he was going to decide. Um, but saw that text from Josh and you get, you feel relieved. I, over the last week, I mean, especially after, you know, Florida State got in the mix there for a little bit. Don't really know how to happen. But I really thought when he was when he pulled his name from the NBA draft, I thought he was going to Kentucky. I didn't think there was really a hope for us. Um, you know, there's so many reasons. I mean, obviously, Antigua going to Kentucky, um, Kentucky being such a big market. And, you know, especially after NIL, I feel like Kentucky would be such a place where you can market yourself so easily. I feel like a good Kentucky team is always going to get more you know, spotlights than a good Illinois team, even even though they got a bunch of spotlight this past year. Um, so I thought he was going to Kentucky, but after the, like you said, the B writer started being like, I don't, I don't think we're going to get him. I don't think we're going to get him. Um, I felt very comfortable, uh, but it's just always, like you said, it's when you texted me that and I'm a fight, like you can, you can just rest. You're like, ah, okay. Because a guy like Kofi, I mean, you saw him when you came in, like, he's a program changer on the defensive end, on the offensive end. Brad Underwood changed his whole defense to surround Kofi, changed much of his offense to surround Kofi. That's just how good he is. That's how monumental of a player he is. Um, so I was very scared for Illinois uh, when you lose, obviously, Aldezumu, who's going to be a first-round pick this year, and Kofi, who um, I think can make it in the NBA uh, someday, but obviously is not his time right now. Uh, so... You know, it's just relief. That was my like first reaction. Was just like, ah, okay. Now we we have our cornerstone. We have our guy. How can we build around him to mimic some of the success that we saw last year? Exactly. Like you know, from the beginning, like he says Kentucky, right? Or like the Kentucky rumors start, and he says Kentucky. Kentucky is a real option, and no one was going to question that because let's be honest, it was a rough off season. I mean, he said multiple mm-hmm. times Orlando Antigua was the main reason he came to Illinois, which no one was surprised about. He goes to Kentucky along with his second favorite coach, Chin Coleman. His star player point guard goes to the NBA draft. His best friend leaves to go play pro overseas. I mean, it it was a rough offseason. Adam Miller and him were really close, and he left too. Like, no one would have been mad at him if he would have gone away. And that's why the Kentucky rumors seem so real. And now I want to just quickly address the Florida State thing because I feel like the only – he put Florida State in there for two reasons. Number one – Leonard Hamilton consistently produces lottery picks. I mean, five or six years in a row, he's had one or two lottery picks, something yeah. like that. And then also like kind of just to throw another name in there, you know, just to like sure. get the drama Spice it up. a little more. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Florida State was ever a real option, right? I think it was, you know, kind of just drama filled. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? I don't know. It, it surprised me. I, you know, I don't 
it's tough. I, I can't, I'm not in the head of Kofi. I don't, I'm not this big recruiting guy. So I can't tell you what Florida state has to offer over Illinois. Um, but it's weird. I didn't believe it a lot. I was way, way, way more scared of Kentucky. And obviously Florida state kind of got in there maybe a week and a half ago. Um, at that point, we kind of already knew that Kentucky was like not a big thing, not like a big thing anymore. So Florida state didn't scare me, but you're right. I mean, they produce lottery picks. Um, when they're good, they have attention. Also, like, look, Florida, I mean, if we're thinking about Kofi, he lived in New York for a few years, but, you know, Jamaica is a tropical place. Florida is way more, you know, easy to to do in the wintertime than Champagne. So if he wanted to go to Florida, I couldn't blame him. But I'm glad he's back. I mean, that's all I can really say is, like, I'm glad that he's back because it just, like I said, just eases a lot of minds. Yeah, and, you know, Kentucky to me, like, yes, it would have made sense with the coaching yeah. and possibly NIL. Like, he would have made a lot, you know, a lot of money with the Blue Bloods. But if you look at the system that a guy like Calipari runs, especially yeah. with this whole five, you know, four or five-star freshman on the court at the same time, like, that's not Kofi basketball. Kofi feeds on an offense that will at least partially run it through him, and he needs a solid point guard that he can that can get the ball inside to him, and he needs shooters surrounding him. And, what did Kentucky do so poorly last year? They didn't shoot well. They didn't mm-hmm. shoot the three at all. So, yes, he's bringing in these guys that can supposedly shoot the three, but that's not proven at all. And I just feel like the whole time, even though this blue blood seemed like a great offer, Illinois just seemed like such a better fit, right? You have all these yeah. shooters around him. You have Corbello, who's arguably the best point guard in the country for him. It just seemed like the right fit the whole time. Yeah, it was super interesting. I think Kentucky had that draw because Antigua and um, – Sorry, I was about to burp. Um, obviously, when uh, <laughs> Antigua is a guy that recruited him hev- hev- heavily to Illinois, and when he leaves, that's that's tough, um, not to mention Chen as well. But him going to Kentucky was, to me, was always more of a um, – obviously, Antigua's there, and then Kentucky just has that notoriety. I feel like Kofi went a little bit under the radar his freshman year, and I don't think he would have done that had he been to this – you know, had he gone to a school that, you know – was prototypical for, or not prototypical, because Illinois is a basketball school and it has been, but they didn't have a lot of success before Kofi came in in the last 10, 15 years before that. So, um, but we'll, I, I think the the discussion on if Kentucky fits, I don't know if Kentucky fits Kofi, but I also know that Kofi is a program changer. And I feel like Cal is smart enough to be like, okay, this is a top three player going into the season um, in the NCAA for us. And if, you know, I, I need to change my offense to have this guy be the focal point. Cause that's what worked at Illinois. Um, so I think if he would have went there, if he would have go, if he goes anywhere in the nation, they're going to mold their system around him. But um, I'm, I'm glad he stayed at Illinois. I mean, he has that culture. Like you said, he has guys around him. Corbello, we saw, you know, he obviously had the freshman struggles in the beginning of the year towards the end of the year was, one of the best players um, in the nation, definitely one of the best playmakers in the nation. Um, And, you know, another year he gets a little stronger. He starts shooting a little bit better. We've seen him working out on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Um, And obviously he has the eyes, not even just in the back of his head, on his elbows, um, in his back, on his feet, probably. I don't know. He sees everything. And the fact that you have a guy like that where Kofi wants and needs the ball in different places in the post, the fact that you have that, you have the guy that can get him that. The fact that you have the established relationship with Brad um, 
the fact that you have guys who are coming back that are, like you said, good shooters. I mean, you're, you're bringing in freshmen that are good shooters, but you also have Trent Frazier, you have Demonte Williams, you have Grandison that are, that are all there that showed that they can shoot the ball really well this last year. I think, I mean, maybe I'm biased. Uh, the people listening won't be able to see. I have the Illinois flag right in the back, but um, I think, you know, he made the right decision. And hopefully, you know, that just is shown throughout the season. We'll see. Yeah, and, you know, to your point of, like, any offense being able to, you know, mold around Kofi, I agree with you. But it's weird because when those reports came out from the Kentucky writers, you know, a few days ago about him not going to Kentucky, some people were like, hey, Calipari didn't even end up meeting with Kofi, yeah. which is kind of weird. And, you know, there are – apparently Calipari is focusing hard on – I'm going to blank on his name right now. He's a five-star center reclassifying – and he could come in soon. Yeah, Calipari focused I know exactly his attention on him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that would make sense. But it it would just be really weird to me if Calipari didn't even want to have a discussion with a guy like Kofi. Like Kofi is going to be for sure, in my eyes, at least the Big Ten preseason player of the year. We'll get to that more in a little bit. But like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just weird to me that he didn't even want to you know talk to him. I wonder if that was more Kofi playing some games right. or if it was actually Calipari not being super interested. If Calipari looked at Kofi Coburn after this past season and was like, nah, then he's stupid. Um, I don't know. It's 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 weird. I think that maybe there just wasn't the same level of – I mean, we heard it. And maybe it was just us as Illinois fans and Illinois media being like, oh, my God, he's leaving. He's going to Kentucky. Like, we made all these, you know, scenarios in our head. Maybe it just wasn't as deep as we thought it was. Um but yeah, I mean, it it's weird because it felt like looking back on it in hindsight, it never felt like he was leaving Illinois. But during in the moment, like every time like some other news came out, it was like, oh, he's for sure gone. Like there's no way if you would have asked me three weeks ago when he first said, um, I'm entering my name into the transfer portal, but I'm still staying in the NBA draft to see what's up, like I I was like, Oh, he's gone. He has something else lined up, he's gonna go figure it out. But I just think looking back on it, as worried as we were, I think we just took it a little bit too far. And maybe he just was never, it just makes, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to leave. And it didn't seem like there was this, obviously there's interest when there's Kofi Coburn, but it didn't seem like Kentucky was like dying, dying, dying to have Kofi. Um, They didn't make that recruiting push. At least we didn't see them make that recruiting push, Um, you know, and, you know, he landed, he landed where we wanted him to land. So can't be too mad. And you know what, like for Illini fans like ourselves and all the beat writers <laughs> that surround them, for people to get worried about Kofi, it nothing, you know, it makes total sense considering this being the weirdest offseason we've ever seen. I mean, Adam Miller, who thought he was going to transfer? He's, it, you know, he, he's going to, he's supposed to sh- fill Io's shoes as the mm-hmm. number one role. He started every single game on a one seed team. And then you have all three of your assistant coaches leave. Like, when does that happen? Then Georgie's like, hey, I'm out. So it is like the weirdest off season ever. And Kofi leaving was more predictable than any of those other things happening. Right. <laughs> That's the so. thing was like Kofi going to the draft. I knew, like, I didn't, yeah. I ended when we ended this, when they lost to Loyola and they ended the season, I was like, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, how are we going to run it back with Curbelo, Adam Miller and Georgie? Like, how are we going to figure this out? Like, how is that going to work? And then for, you know, Adam Miller to leave, um, and for Georgie to leave, which I'm happy for Georgie. I don't know if you saw, he got a jersey. He worked out for the Lakers and got a jersey signed by Brown. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm, happy for Jer- yeah. I'm so happy for him. Happy. And I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that he's working out with teams. I didn't think that he was 
Um, I didn't think he was going to get a lot of workouts, but I'm glad that he's working out with teams. Maybe he could make a push for a G League. Um, and then, you know, obviously, once you're in the G League, you just got to work your way up. But I thought he'd be overseas, and he still might be. He hasn't signed with a team or whatever. But uh, I'm just so happy for him because, you know, his freshman year, he was, you know, the second guy, basically. Um, um, and it, in spots, he was even sometimes the premier guy when he scored like 36. Um, he has the record for a freshman. Um, yep. And then Kofi comes in and like we talk about this program changer, like you just can't really do much about it. And he had to take a backseat. Um, but she never, never looked at it with any type of frustration, was always giving max effort, even if he made some mistakes on the court a few times. Uh, but he, he's a guy, you know, you love to have. And so any NBA team, G League team, team around the world would be lucky to have Georgie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I love Georgie. Yeah. I have nothing bad to say about him. He was fun during press conferences, everything. <laughs> but so, I mean, the last thing before we move on a little bit, you know, we're saying like, oh, like Kofi, like it was not as strange, but Illini fans were worried, but then, he does this NBA thing. He goes to the uh, draft or whatever. NIL comes out. Yeah. Then he's like, hey, I'm going to enter my name in the transfer portal, but mm -hmm. stay in the draft. Then he withdraws from the draft. All this hype is going around his name. Kentucky gets involved, a big blue. Florida State uh, rides an ACC team. Mm -hmm. This isn't my theory, but this is a theory. And now it probably isn't true, but you have to at least you know mention it just because it's been floating around a little bit. Did Kofi think the whole time after he heard NIL, he was probably going to go back to Illinois, but he wanted to spark up the attention to end up making more money. <laughs> hey, if he, hey, all power to him. That is, he's been the talk of college basketball for the last two weeks. Um, he has. Everybody wants to know where he was going. Everybody wanted to know if he was staying in the draft. Everybody wanted this, this, that, and the third. And now, I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody who's a college basketball fan uh, for the past two years knew who he was, but now everybody's thinking about him and everybody knows, okay, this guy, like, is going to be the guy coming in. And um, also, like, just on the Illinois stand, I, everybody's happy that he's back. Everybody's so excited. Everybody's like, oh, we're so fortunate. Like, he chose us, da, da, da. Like, that's how people are going to feel. Kofi's going to get so many sponsorships in Champagne. Kofi's face is going to be, I can, I'm not going to be able to walk down Green Street without seeing Kofi's face on something and all power to him because they deserve to get paid uh, for their name and their likeness and everything that they do for these universities. But he's going to make so much money and I'm so happy for him. And of course, like you look at, you know, and he didn't get picked up um, from the G League combine to then progress to the NBA combine. Right. Tough for him. I don't know if he would have had that opportunity I'm sure he would have got signed to a summer league team. I'm sure he would have made a G league team. Um, even if he was like bottom of the roster, but you know, that's not, that's not a glamorous life. That's not a lot of money. G league is, is a grind. It's hard. So if he can make a little extra change now that he's going to be one of the faces of college basketball this year um, in a town where everybody loves college basketball right now. And everybody loves Kofi Coburn right now, man, I'm so happy for him. I, I don't know how much, these NIL, you know, sponsorships are getting these guys, but I hope Kofi just runs with it because, I mean, well, he deserves it for all the work he's done. I mean, like I said, not my theory, just had to bring it up. But as far it as makes NIL sense. goes, yeah, it, it makes a sure. little bit of sense. So, I mean, before I say the statement about NIL, I mean, 
or NIL, excuse me. Like last year when Kofi declared for the draft, people were saying Kofi may have been getting bad advice from people because he was so convinced he was going to get draft and he doesn't even end up on the top 100 big boards. You fast forward to this year, he's so convinced he's going to get draft, drafted. Now you look at the big boards again and he's not even in, like you said, NBA combine range. So some people are like, oh, like who's he surrounding himself with? But if maybe, like I said, him going to the portal, some people are like, hey, spark up your name, make even more money. Because with NIL, we're hearing that these guys, if you're like the face of college basketball, like Kofi, or I remember there were Dawson Garcia talks with UNC Mm. with that fight with Illinois. These guys could make heavy six figures, if not possibly seven figures with NIL. That is, that is not not just some extra change. That is real money. No, hundred percent. I, I start to think about players in the past who would have just been wealthy off NIL and like you, you know, names like, Cam Newton, names like Zion Williamson, names like John Wall, Kyrie Irving. Or, right? or like in Illinois, like, like Darren Williams and D. Brown. Right. No, exactly. Those guys. Um, I'm not saying Kofi Coburn has that same sort of attraction, but he's going to get paid. Like he's going to get that money. And if if making your name the biggest name in college basketball for a little bit so that people hear about you, so that people want to do business with you, is your strategy. All power to it. I'm telling you, like, these guys, you know, they deserve to get to profit off of their name and their image. And if that if that was his way of doing it, I love it. I, I love the hustle. I love the grind. So power to him. Yeah, all power to Kofi. So obviously we'll transition a little bit now into where this puts Illinois, because obviously the rankings are going to switch up. Illinois is going from a borderline yeah. top 25 team to pretty high up because we're seeing some reports with projections that have them as high as number three in the country besides behind Gonzaga to start and the UCLA season. to start the season. And then you have Rothstein, John Rothstein, mm-hmm. who has his power 45 or whatever it's called. And he has Illinois at number eight right now and third in the big 10. So Illinois, from what I've seen so far is ranging in between that three to eight to 10 range and big yeah. 10, one through three, pretty much everyone's split in between Michigan, Purdue and right. Illinois. Would you have thought that two months ago that, that Illinois, Illinois could start the season as a top 10 team? Would never have thought. Absolutely not. Even if I thought Illinois they were going to start I thought yeah. our ceiling was 13 to start the year. 13 or 14, I was going to put us yeah. at. Now Kofi makes us potentially a top five team. Are you kidding me? I would have laughed at you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I Do you want to talk about national? Do you want to talk about Big Ten first? How are we, how we doing these rankings? Probably see. I think it's harder to do the national ranking. Yeah, I think Big Ten's probably a little easier to focus on. We know, like you know, what happens if you win the Big mm-hmm. Ten, you get a one seed. Right. So, exactly. yeah. yeah. So I so mean, I as think, far as Big Ten goes, it's Purdue and Michigan, right? Yeah, those. Are, I kind of do these rankings in my head by who scares me. Michigan has scared me um, ever since last year. I didn't know they were going to be that good last year, and before I even knew they were going to be that good, they had the number one recruiting class in the country for a while. Um, they scare me. Hunter Dickinson's coming back. He scares me, even though he didn't play very well against Kofi Coburn. Um, I think they're they're probably going to be at the top of the Big Ten for most of the year, um, unless things you know change, shake up. Purdue. We saw what Jaden Ivey just did in the the FIBA U19 for USA. He's a dog, and he was a dog last year, and he's going to be better this year. Um, I'm super, super, super excited to see him play. He also has a really dope story. Him and his mom. Um, but yeah, I. You have to feel like Illinois is right there just because not only just Kofi, right? Kofi's the foundation. Kofi's who 
puts you up there. But you also have these guys who are now fifth year guys, right? Trent and DeMonte, who have been through this gauntlet of the Big Ten for five years. And this is going to be the fifth year. And Trent, who was Big Ten honorable mention and was on a defensive team, he's got, you have to assume he's going to get better. And he's going to have a little bit of a bigger role now that Iowa's gone. DeMonte, um, I don't think he'll probably start. I feel like Grandison has locked that up unless something changes over the summer. It's a long offseason. Um, but he's going to run up the bench of a lot of these new guys, sorry, that are coming in. He's going to be really good up there. That's that's what he was doing um, to, to finish out the season. Um, and then you have, you know, guys like Grandison, who I think is really, really solid, who's going to shoot the ball well. You have Curbelo. I think he's probably going to take – like, the jump that I think Curbelo is going to take, if he takes it, I think he's going to be – maybe borderline all-american maybe maybe better than that um if he you know he's he's so nice around the rim he finds everybody on the court if he can shoot well and he has the defensive mentality and you know he's probably getting bigger in the offseason he's probably getting quicker stronger um he already wants to play defense now with his body development he's going to be able to really play defense especially playing alongside Trey Frazier they're going to be a little small um so I don't know how that's going to work out but Look, if this team comes together like it could, I don't know if they can be as good as they were last year. Io is definitely a huge factor. But we saw them be their best at times when Io was off the court. Not saying that they were better without Io. Obviously, he's the guy that is he was the best player on the team. But like that Michigan game without Io, like they beat them by 20. And that's because they played great team basketball. If they can turn into a really great team basketball uh, type team, like i.e. The, the Phoenix Suns and how they're playing right now um, throughout the playoffs, oh my God, they're going to be unstoppable. And I'm going to love watching because I love watching great team basketball. You're going to love watching Illinois. Yeah. I mean, I so, you know, obviously the talk is can Illinois be better than they were last year? I think, can they? Yes, they can. Is their preseason going to be preseason ranking going to be as high? It's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that they can, I think the ceiling honestly might be a little higher than last year because you don't have a Baylor, so. which has, such yeah. gu- such a guard heavy team you have an extra year of Carbello gain a year better which we're all excited for Kofi for another year if he mm-hmm. learns to pass then you have all these guys I mean like Brennan this team could be 12 people deep I mean you look yeah. like your your starting lineup's probably going to be Carbello at the one Frazier at the two what uh Grandison at the three I think Hutcherson at the four yeah. and Kofi at the five and then off the bench you have Omar Payne at the five Coleman Hawkins at the mm-hmm. four, DeMonte Williams, Alfonso Plummer. And then we're not even talking about the three top 100 yeah. freshmen that we have. Like, yeah. They could literally, they could legitimately They're be deep. 12, <laughs> men, deep. 12 yeah. men deep. Like you look at a team like Michigan's, you know, Michigan, okay. Yeah. Michigan has the number one recruiting class in the country and they're bringing in a lot of guys, but that ex- like experience is very important because they're losing Isaiah livers, Mike Smith. Yep. And, and most importantly to me, Franz Wagner, like, yes, Eli Brooks is coming back and Hunter Dickinson, but Illinois has never had a problem with Eli Brooks. They've never <laughs> had a problem with Hunter Dickinson. It's hard to do super well without a ton of experience now you look at Purdue I mean Purdue has experience you have uh Sasha Stefanovic who feel like he's been there forever and then more talented guys like Jaden Ivey and then Travion Williams at the center is going to be a problem and then Zach Eady the 7-4 guy off the bench Isaiah Thompson like I 
I don't know who I'm more scared of right now, but I really do think they're on there. Obviously, if I'm going to go and make my Big Ten predictions, yes, I'm going to have Illinois one. Is there a little bias in there? Maybe, but I know the way Corbello plays. I know what Kofi is capable of, the shooters that they surround him with. I literally think this offense is built for Kofi right now to succeed, and that's when Illinois is at its best. I mean, their most impressive game of the year last year was against Michigan. You might say their best was during that Big Ten tournament run when they demolished Rutgers. They destroy Iowa or are up about double digits consistently against Iowa and then go, you see like that first half of the Ohio State game. Obviously, Ohio State comes back, but you beat them in overtime and then uh, Drexel, you can't really judge. But like you say, you lose Iowa, but if you're replacing, you know, scoring in the middle of the game in defense and pure three-point shooting, I don't see why they can't be better than they were last year. Uh, Yeah, 100%. I mean, you kind of just gave me goosebumps just talking about you know, their roster, it's, it's tough, right? Because especially with the the three freshmen, top 100 freshmen that are coming in, you never know if it's going to work out. And you talked about the starting lineup. I had the same starting lineup, except Grandison and Hutchinson switched. Um, I don't really think it matters who plays a three and the four. Both of them, I think, are capable of doing both. Um, but yeah, they just, it's, it's nice. It's, it, it, it feels good to have a deep team because that was at some points, especially early in the year, when Io and Kofi were on the bench, it was rough. It was rough to watch those games sometimes. I, I think about yeah. um, some of the early games that they lost, which they, they had no business losing. It was tough, man. It was, it was really tough. Uh, but I, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm, I'm really, really – I want to, you know, get to the point where I'm seeing, like, practice footage and, like, I'm seeing these guys talk about it um, and I'm, I'm seeing it come together. I can't wait until they schedule, like – three really booty teams in the in the first you know few weeks and we just get to see these these guys go at it in these freshmen I mean you think about like Adam Miller's first game where he scored 20 something points I got if we can see that and they can establish that their team that they play like team basketball and the ball's moving everywhere and everybody's getting an opportunity and like you may have like like I think about like Michigan who had what like five or six guys who averaged double figures um last year like if Illinois can become that team those teams are so hard to stop because you shut down one guy okay cool if you if you shut down a one guy team right like last year like you shut down Io it's it, it was hard for them to win but look if at you, Loyola. yeah look at Loyola exactly and Kofi didn't have a great game either he he had a solid game that game but he didn't have a great game but like this year like say you find somebody that can really defend Kofi which there's maybe one person in the world who plays college basketball that could do that I don't even know but you find a guy that could defend Kofi. But if you have four, five other guys that could also average double figure points, like you're getting excited to watch this team. And that's that's what it is. It's excitement. And it's the excitement that I'm getting right now. I did not have in May. I did not have in April after they lost, you know. So I'm excited. I'm excited. That's all I can say. I'm giddy. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the defensive standpoint that you just said. It's like they're gonna be off awesome defensively. Something I definitely should have mentioned earlier which I didn't before we get into our last topic here, we have to give a big shout out to Brad Underwood for staying yeah. on through all this. Yeah. I mean, that dude has been through with this offseason. He loses Adam Miller, who's supposed to replace the best player he's ever coached. He loses all three yeah. of his assistants. He goes through long hiring process. He's going through the drama of Kofi Coburn's ups and downs and ups and downs. And this dude builds a roster that looks like it can be at least a contender for the big 10 championship, if not the national championship. So I'd just like to credit Brad. I mean, this is going to be his fifth year here. All of them he spent with Trenton DeMonte who are back for 
a fifth year. I think that, you know, their that first season was really rough. And then the COVID season gets canceled last year. There's no fans. You know, you're losing Iowa. You lose Adam, all the drama with Kofi. I just like, I just like to say, good job, Brad. Like we have the yeah. right guy in charge and that's a no, really, sure. really good thing to have. Shout out Brad. I, he's done really, you look at it, not a lot of wrong. I don't think any wrong. Like he's a fine coach. He's really good. He, he had the sense of mind to be like, okay, Kofi's in here. We need to change everything. Like just everything. And I think that's like a, a hallmark of a good coach, right? Like you can sit there and be like, we have these generational guys, especially in college because the turnover is just so quick um, with these guys. You're there two, three, four years, um, one year, if you're really, really good. So the hallmark of a good college coach is, you know, you have your, your philosophies and your systems, but can you, can you change that when you're able to secure a generational guy? And he's been able to do that. And even through this year, losing two assistant coaches, two of the best recruiters in the country, getting Kofi to stay, getting Trent to come back, getting DeMonte to come back. Um, it's big. It's really big. And I think it's going to pay off for him. Um, and I think this is going to be now, obviously you can, really say that that COVID season, the first COVID season, they were going to make the tournament. So if they make the tournament this year, especially as a higher seed, that's progress every year, despite losing an All-American, despite losing some guy who is, um, you know, one of the top five guys in college basketball last year. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, if he gets success again this year, that's just going to help recruiting. That's just going to make guys want to, you know, come to Illinois, especially guys from Chicago. Um, so it's going to be big. I think it's going to be big. So last thing here, we kind of touched on it before, but like we said, we have probably a 12-man deep roster. I want to go through it real quick. I will go by age. Um, super seniors, Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams. You have three seniors, and this is as far as eligibility goes. So besides yeah. Frazier and Williams, everyone will say they're great, but they all do have one extra year of eligibility left, I believe, with it. So Super seniors, Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams. Mm -hmm. Seniors, Austin Hutcherson, Alfonso Plummer, and Jacob Grandison. Juniors, mm -hmm. Kofi Coburn, Benjamin Bozmans, Verdonk, and Omar Payne. Sophomores, Coleman Hawkins, Andre Corbello, and Brandon Lieb. And then freshmen, Luke Goody, RJ Melendez, and Brandon, I think it's Podzemski. I'll just call him Brandon yeah. Pods. So you take like out it. Benjamin Bozmans, Verdonk, and you take out Brendan, Brandon Lieb. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 guys that'll get significant playing time this year because probably the worst one out of all those guys is Coleman Hawkins, who apparently might be making the biggest jump out of anyone on this team as a stretch four or whatever. Yeah. Is. Yeah, for sure. So, I think that's the day if in Coleman Hawkins, hopefully I think this year it's going to be another, you know, last year he, it was tough for him to get playing time uh, yeah. this year. I think it's going to be another tough year to get playing time. Just like you said, there's 12 guys deep, but Coleman Hawkins, like he's, he's been a guy that everybody's been like, if he puts it together, he's going to, he's going to do great things. And hopefully he's a guy that stays four years um, and not, and you know, not, not decide to transfer, but he shoots, you know, you see him in warmups, he shoots well, you know, in the game, it's game shooting is so different, so much more difficult. Warmups, he shoots well, he can do it. He plays defense. He hustles. He's out there. He's freaking long. He's so long. He can do, he's a, uh, he's a guy that he's going to be like a college unicorn, right? A guy that can, can really just, you look at him and you're like, how does he do that? And if he puts it together, he's going to have, I think he's going to have a really big significant role on the bench this year. You know, you take out 
Georgie, who had, you know, a lot of bench time last year. I think he's going to be the guy to step up. And if he can average 15 minutes a game and, you know, be critical in those 15 minutes, I think he's going to be one of those X factor guys that you look at and you're like, okay, like it's very important that we keep him. Yeah. I mean, someone like me has been extremely critical of Illinois for the one Achilles heel in the roster being, you don't have a stretch for it. You know, if EJ Lydell, for example, would have committed to Illinois instead of Ohio state, I, in my opinion, they would have had the perfect roster last year. Coleman Hawkins, obviously this year and most likely beyond is not as going to be as good as EJ Lydell, because I think that EJ Lydell is going to be an NBA player one day and he'll be mm-hmm. first team all big 10 this year. No question, probably in the national player of the year conversation. But if Coleman Hawkins can turn into that stretch four that can sit at the free throw line in the middle of a zone defense and hit a three when you need him to and play some defense on another stretch four like a Lydell. And I know that Hawkins is skinny and needs to get stronger, but if he can progress, uh, another shout out to Brad for a great gut. He can make an impact on a team when some people wrote him off last year. I mean, he had flashes, I think, even if it was against a team like Rutgers who, or I'm sorry, Nebraska, and Fred Hoiberg, who wasn't very good, he can still yeah. score double digits. He's shown it. So if he progresses. Oh, for sure. And also, like, people are so quick to write off, especially on a good team, right? Like, yeah. if Illinois was bad last year, like, say they were, just, say they were like, in a Nebraska situation, Coleman Hawkins would have had such a bigger opportunity. He would have had those moments. But when you're you in the, the year as the number two team in the country on the AP poll, you, don't, you can't really give freshmen the opportunity to, to grow and develop. You're trying to win. So he's a guy that like, and I hate when people write off guys way too quickly. Like he's a freshman. He was 18, 19 years old last year. Like he's going to grow. He's going to get better. He's going to learn the game. You know, he's a guy in college, in high school that could probably just dominate just based on his size and his like natural skill, but he has to learn the game more. He has to commit to the system and he will, he's that type of guy, but you know, I, I'm so excited for him. I think he's going to be really good. I think, I think if, if, if it works out and he's a senior, and Curbelo, um, if he's not in the NBA already, uh, I think that they're going to be a dangerous duo their senior year. I like it. So last thing, starting lineups. Um, I I said I think they're going to go Curbelo, Trent, Grandison, Demonte Williams, and Kofi Coburn to start the year. Oh really? But by the but by the end of the year, when Hutcherson is healthy, and you know we've seen it, like at mm-hmm. least in practice, how athletic he you know, he is and how, how much of a difference maker he can be. I mean, speaking of stretch fours, there's another guy that should be even better than Coleman Hawkins Mm -hmm. this year. I think he'll start by the end of the year instead of DeMonte Williams. As we know, DeMonte is a glue guy and is perfectly fine coming off the bench because he's the biggest team player and greatest, you know, great teammate. But to start the year, I do think Monte will start. So I think Corbello, Frazier, Grandison, and Kofi are locks. Then at first you get DeMonte and after a while you get Austin Hutcherson. Yeah, I think... That's tough for me because I think Grandison and Williams play very similar roles. And you saw it last year. I'm not going to say Grandison's better. I think he's a little more valuable on offense. Um, and I think DeMonte's a little bit more valuable on defense. But if you have both of them out there at the same time, I don't think you have enough firepower offensively to get through that, right? Last year when you had um, – when you had, you know, the starting lineup of Trent and Io and Adam, Adam wasn't scoring a lot, eight points a game, something like that, but he was a threat. You couldn't just leave him out there. He could create his own shot if he needed to. Grandison and Williams don't give you that option to create their own shot, really. 
Um, so I don't know if you'll be able to have them out there at the same time. Uh, so that for that reason, I'm going Hutcherson to start. Um, he's been able to sit for this whole year and really learn. Um, and I hope he's healthy. Um, and if he starts, if he's healthy to start the year, I think Brad will, you know, have confidence in him. I mean, you, Brad gives guys confidence and, you know, he, he lets them do that. I mean, you saw it last year, like Adam would struggle sometimes and he yeah. started in every game. So I, Brad's a guy that, you know, has confidence, but I, I think that it has to, you have to have some offensive firepower, especially because you're losing IO and, you know, Trent's not going to get you that 20 a game. Corbell's not going to get you that 20 a game. So you have to find, you know, pieces of the 20 everywhere. I don't think you have enough offense in that starting lineup with Grandison and, Hutchins, or, and uh, Williams, unless, you know, they stagger them really early, but I'm not sure. Very true. And like another guy that we are all excited about the transfer, Alfonso Plummer from Utah, another yeah. guy that can get you storing, but like, He's because you know Corbello and Trent are going to start, and Plummer's not going to start because he's also six one or six two, and it would yeah. just be too much of a defensive liability unless you're against a really really small team. But hey, when you have a bench of Plummer, uh, Payne, one of Grandison, Monte Williams, Austin Hutcherson, and then Luke Goody, R.J. Melendez, and Brandon Pods, all mm. these shooters and stuff like that, it's I'm just really excited. Like I don't think any of those freshmen are even going to sniff starting but that being said at least two of them i think are going to play at least somewhat significant minutes Maybe no 100 percent. i don't know so. oh yeah brad brad plays his freshman and like that's one thing you can count on i mean look adam miller and uh Curbelo last year especially i coleman think hawkins at times and coleman hawkins at times too and that's the good thing about brad is even when you know his freshman struggle, he lets them develop i mean like just look at Curbelo. like he's the he's like the prototype like he struggled you saw flashes from him in the first couple of games, like he struggled. I can't tell you the amount of times he, you know, had a traveling violation or like he he did something that the refs didn't agree with and turnovers and turnovers, or he threw bad passes or he wouldn't shoot the ball. And like, but then at the end of the year, he was, so, it seemed like he was just a whole different person. He was playing defense as hard as he could and he was hustling and it was great to see. Um, so yeah, these, that's what I'm most excited about these freshmen developing through the year, because that's what happened. I mean, like, this is how you get 12 deep is that you develop, you know, for the last two years, it's been on the back of Island Kofi, but now you have a roster that is very, very well spread out and it could end up being something special. We'll see. I'm excited though. And obviously in the tournament, they're not going to play 12 guys, you know, a couple people, oh, it'll shrink. It'll shrink. Back, but that just means the next year, it's going to be, the, it's going to be their time to shine. So yeah, lots to look forward to. I think that's uh that's where we're going to wrap up today. Brennan, thanks for doing this, man. I know we have been, been doing the podcast too much. We're two busy guys working our butts off this summer, but we're going to get back to it, especially with football season coming up. So I'm excited. From, me, from me, from Brendan, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Daily Alumni Sports Podcast.